Film on the Rocks is back, baby. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years. They feature live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. As it is officially draft week in the NHL, two different drafts coming at you this week. The expansion draft and the entry draft. We're going to talk a little bit about both on today's show. Should be a, should be a fun one. Should be an interesting one. There's already news coming out here and there about players Seattle might be looking at from a handful of teams, some of the options they have. We wanted to start off by, uh, by diving into some of the more interesting protected lists around the league. Uh, you may have seen AJ nearly have a meltdown on yesterday's show when he saw Carolina's list. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But <laughs> before Carolina, the place we want to start is the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they did a standard 7-3-1 and one protection list, obviously protecting Carter Hart and Nett. The freshly acquired Ryan Ellis alongside Provorov and Samheim on the defensive side. And then the forwards of Abe Kubel, Couturier, Giroux, Hayes, Konechny, Lawton, and Lindbaum. Noticeably, noticeably, there we go. I can speak, I swear. Exposing Yik Voracek. And James Van Riemsdyk. And JVR. Um, JVR a little bit less surprising, I think. Yeah. Not quite producing at the same level of Voracek, but... Nonetheless, uh, high-end forward talent is, I think, leading up to this week, something we didn't expect a ton of to be out there for Seattle. But it certainly seems like there are there are options here and there creeping up around the league. Now, obviously, you have to look at age, you have to look at the price of the players, you have to look at contract length, but... There's some pretty talented guys on this forward forward side if Seattle is, is interested on in taking a chance on them. AJ, is it is it that easy? Do you just take four check and move on? Well, it doesn't sound like it's that easy. Uh because we're we're seeing the reports around the league that uh they might have a deal, like this convoluted deal in place to take Tarasenko from St. Louis. Trade Tarasenko to Philadelphia for Voracek in a first. 
That's so, I, and then and then Seattle would take Robert Haig as the guy as their actual selection from Philly. I mean, Haig's nothing special, but he's more than serviceable. I mean, I guess he's fine. But, but that, I mean, you're getting Voracek in a first, right? Yeah, I mean, it's and well, and St. Louis just washes their hands of Tarasenko and says, "All right, right yeah, we out." Now we have all this money to go throw a Gabe Landeskog. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's certainly. Uh, I don't think I'd I'd go for Robert Hag, but picking up Voracek in a first for Tarasenko seems like a win to Seattle for me. Yeah, I mean, they get Voracek, who's a legit first-line player, Yep, and then they get a first-round pick, which you want to start a youth movement. And how they would probably be smarter to get first-round picks in years that aren't this one, but... No argument there. You know. I've made I've made my feelings on this draft class pretty well known. I think it sucks. Yeah. Uh, but look, I think expectation is that Seattle is going to get quite a few picks. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious how many it ends up being. Yeah, like I'm curious what it, what that hall ends up looking like. How many top hundred? Like three, four, how five, many, six, seven. Yeah, they can only take one player from each team, you know, so, and they still have to build their own roster. Uh, they've got, they've, it's kind of a, a tough tightrope to walk here because there's a lot of talented players, so they could make a pretty decent team. But most of those talented players are on real money deals and multiple, multiple years, you know, there's term involved. And then a lot of these guys are like 28, 29, 30 already. It's true. So. It, well, and, and Seattle's facing a decision to make. You and I, as we were going through these lists, talked about it last night. How committed does Seattle want to be to a youth movement, to starting young, potentially being bad in this first year, especially with some of the high-end talent in next year's class? Mm-hmm. Well, you look at the top of the next two draft classes. Yep, and it's like there are potential, like real franchise players there. Right. Not this draft class. No, but the, there are some good players this year. They're going to get a really good player in Matty Veneers at two. And the but, other side of this argument is: Do they want to try and be competitive right away, particularly in a Pacific division that, let's be honest. Doesn't look very good. Yeah. I mean, right now, the you would think it's Vegas. End of list, basically. Like, just based on default, you'd have to think that Edmonton is probably one of the better teams there. Right now, they don't have a goaltender. Yep. So, that's problematic. But, you know, you look at the rest of that roster, and Edmonton is probably going to be involved. You have no idea where Calgary yeah, is going to be in any given season. Floundering and potentially <clears throat> blowing it up or not. Nobody really knows. I think Vancouver has a pretty good chance to bounce back after some of their issues last year. You know, Pedersen didn't play very well and then was hurt. And then their COVID issues were disastrous. Um, so I think that there's like, there are some, there's some okay teams there. Yeah. 
but it's really just a sea of mediocrity. And yeah. somebody will have somebody will emerge. Of course, it's just how it's going to go. You know, the Kings are going to try and make the big push towards taking a big step. God knows what the Ducks are up to. And, <laughs> you know, if San Jose gets a goaltender, you just never really know with what's going to happen. You know, is, is Aiden Hill the answer there? If he if he ends up being a legit starter for them, then maybe they're somewhere. You just never yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, you just never know. So it's the the problem is, is that there's one team that you roll into that with confidence in. So Seattle could look at that and say, "This is ripe for the taking for us. We can we can roll in here and immediately start racking up playoff appearances." Yep, and that would be great. But how much does it set them up for the future? You know, if they Ryan Johansson and Yanni Gord and Jake Voracek and you know, like they they load up on the veterans and then by year three, they're kind of pushing the reset button here. Yeah. It, it right. That's that's the fear. If they go for it, are they really just pushing back? dumping all the assets a couple years instead of starting young and building up. Yeah. So, and I think the, the key here is they need to make a decision though, right? They can't half and half it and be a mediocre team with a handful of old dudes filling up your top six and a bunch of young kids that aren't able to ascend into higher roles because you have to play these old dudes. Yep. If you do that, that's how you become Calgary real fast. Uh, so avoid the Calgary zone. That's the yeah. Key. Like they need to, you know, it would be smart to take a couple of good. Like I think taking Mark Giordano from Calgary. Like Look, every team needs a, needs a handful of vets. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying avoid taking some high end talent that might be a little bit older to get you a 15th overall pick to just miss the playoffs. Right. Like that is worst case scenario for Seattle. And even, even if they make, even if they slip into the postseason, Yep. You know, even if they slip into the postseason and lose four, one on the first round, like you're like, Hey, for an expansion franchise, that's fine. Playoffs at least. But, Like, what does the franchise look like that does that? You know, is it right. is it a bunch of Matthew Joseph types? You know, the younger guys that you put in bigger roles, and they're the ones who did that? Is that team going to get better, or is that the best they got? Right, yeah. or is that is that the Yanni Gord, Voracek, Johansson, yep. you know, where it's just like, okay, well, this isn't going to get better. You know, like, this was it. They're, they're, you know, okay, great. They will get, I'm, for the record, I'm inking in Maddie Beneers in the draft for them. It would be dumb if they didn't take him. So it's just like, you know, that guy's coming next year, you know, any, in, in, he'll, he'll, he should go back to Michigan for a year and then he should, he should show up for the Kraken next year and then great. Um, but I just, uh, It'll be interesting to see what they prioritize. As as Chet is mentioning here, uh, Friedman hinting at Seattle signing Dreger from the Panthers for three and a half million. The easiest contract to give in the NHL is the goaltender 
the opportunistic goaltender contract. Yeah. Backup to starter three by three. Yep. With a little bit of inflation thrown in. Take a chance. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't kill you. If it works out, you have a super cheap starting goaltender for a couple of years. Yep. (laughs) It's basically exactly what the abs did with Grubauer. So, yep. It works. It works, I guess. Um, what, where do you want to go next, AJ, for these protection lists? I, I know you have a couple of ones you wanted to hit on. I mean, let's go back to what's up in Carolina. All right. Let's 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 go to AJ's favorite here. Uh, they did protect Nijelkovic in net. Defensively, they took Pesci, Shea, and Slavin. Forward side, Aho, Fast, Fogel, Stahl, Svechnikov, Teravainen, and Trocek. Uh, obviously, Dougie Hamilton, a pending free agent. Could be interesting there on the defensive side. Also, Jake Gardner, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, more, more realistically, I think is is maybe Lejoie for a young guy on the defense. I mean, side, Jake Bean, man. You like that's true. Bean is Bean is there too, and he actually has the uh, NHL games played. Twenty three, but still very very young. Uh, on the forward side. I, I think that's where where things start to get even even more out of control with guys like Nino Niederreiter exposed, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Morgan Geeky exposed. If you want I mean, to go on the young side, that's my excitement. Yeah, right I know, I know. AJ's losing his mind over over Geeky, but so with Ron Francis, um, Ron Francis and Dougie Hamilton sitting right there. If they have confidence that they can sign Dougie Hamilton in free agency, yep. Do you just do that and not waste the pick and, and get to her? Like, take Jake Bean and then get Dougie Hamilton, and you're just like, great, we've just added two of those guys. Yeah. Like, I, would that would that be this the is, uh, This is my plan with every pending UFA in the league, is why pick one when you can sign him in a week if you're Seattle? Well, in Florida, you know, with Dreger, do they is that their pick? They sign him to a three-year deal. Is that the pick then, or do they know. take somebody else and and wait a week and sign him? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. because like they're allowed to tamper. They're they're allowed to talk contract stuff with him all day right now. Yep, this is a legal this is a legal period for them to be doing that. So great, but is that the is that the play from from Florida? I mean, that's what. I do just based solely on assets, right? Like even if you aren't super interested in anyone from Florida, you just take the most flippable piece, right? Well, like you can get like a decent, like you could get Marcus Nudavara. You could get Radko Gudas. You could get Frank Vetrano. Yeah, plenty of like, there are okay players that could, you can snag yeah. from them and then turn around and sign Chris Dreger a week later. Exactly. Yeah, flip them for picks. If you don't have interest in actually playing them, whatever. Um, so I saw I saw the thing from Sarah Valley that says that they there might be a deal for them to take Vetrano and then sign Dreger in free agency. Um, but like uh, like I listened to the podcast, I listened to the pod that they did. Um, so I know I know where he's coming from with a lot of that stuff. But until those deals are like this is actually taking place, um, you know, we'll talk about them. But you know. Look, nothing is done until it's done. Frank Vetrano's uh, biggest claim to fame right now is that he was co-AHL Rookie of the Year with Miko Rantanen back in the day. 
it's it's hard to say anything's done. You look at Larson up in Edmonton. Supposedly he was his he was a done deal, and that was two days ago. Today everyone's expecting him to be gone. So things change quickly in the NHL landscape, to say the least. We can take our first period break there as we are brought to you all by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can check them out down at the DNVR bar or get it at your local liquor store. Check out their hard seltzers as well. Absolutely delicious. You can get all sorts of crazy stuff, at least if you're in the States. They got you covered. They deliver to at least the major 48 states. I don't know about Hawaii and Alaska. You might be SOL. But the rest of us, sip your Breck beer. Enjoy it. Maybe come on down to the bar for uh, the expansion draft if you're feeling it. We're going to be there doing a live watch along if you can't make it. So tune into that as well. Consider signing up for a DNVR annual membership. Get all of our exclusive content. Uh, I know AJ and, and Evan have been uh, toiling away on pieces about Landeskog over the last couple of days. So highly recommend you check those out and get all the details on that situation. You can also listen to our podcast the other day as well, if that's more up your alley. Um, yeah, we're pretty cool. You get a free shirt. You get a bunch of other awesome things like big beers at the DNVR bar, discounts, all sorts of stuff when you sign up for an annual membership. So check that out. And then if you need to make a little bit of cash, head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that DNVR code to sign up for a new account. Get a bunch of amazing odds boosts, but the big special they have for you right now is you can bet $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal in the Olympics. Any medal. You have to get it in before the Olympics starts. But I'm pretty confident that the U.S. is going to win a medal at the Olympics. In fact, I would bet the house that I don't own that they're going to win a medal of some kind. Uh, jump on DraftKings right now. If the Olympics isn't your thing. Of course, you can always bet on all of the major sports and a bunch of minor sports as well. If you're into some weird random events going on around the world, they pretty much have you covered with that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, be sure to use the DNVR code when you sign up to get that $1 to $100 bet on the Olympics coming up. It doesn't matter if it's a gold, silver, or bronze medal. They all will count for you. Get in on that action. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook as we we going to worm our way through at least a couple more protected lists here. Um, we, we talked about Carey Price on yesterday's show, so I don't think we really need to cover a whole lot else in Montreal. But go listen to yesterday's show if you want a little more details on that. Yeah, uh, Edwin, Vegas didn't take a win-now approach. You guys have to remember what actually happened. Yep. They traded for a ton of draft picks. I believe it was 12 top 100 picks in the first three years that they ended up with. They targeted a grip of, like, mid-20s players. And then fourth-line center from the Columbus Blue Jackets, William Carlson, scored 40 goals. Yep. Fourth line center from the Minnesota Wild, Eric Howla, scored 28 goals. 
teams. They got they got something like eleven career years out of guys that year, and then to their potential, Florida gave them too much talent, and both Marcuso and Smith like like Marcuso and Smith were legit players that everybody knew were legit, and was like Florida, what the what are you doing? Yep. You know, and that was right in the, that was right in the middle of the Dale Talon versus the computer boys took yep. four that yep. took place. And like Vegas had Vegas had three first round picks. And then they traded a bunch of those guys like David Perron left in free agency. Yep. James Neal left in free agency. After both of them had monster seasons yeah. for Vegas, revived their careers in Vegas, basically. <laughs> yeah, and and like then they they traded. They had those three first round picks. All three of those are gone now, but they traded the first two of them for Mark Stone and Max Max Pacioretty. Yep, they like, went all in after the fact. Essentially, yeah, yeah. And and they got a little bit lucky that Marc Andre Fleury's Vegas career is better than anything his Pittsburgh career ever was, yep. which is why it's really funny when people talk about Marc Andre Fleury as a Hall of Fame player. And I'm not even disputing it. I don't I don't really care to get into it. But there's so much revisionist history written about Fleury's career because of how awesome he's been in Vegas. <laughs> Had he been that awesome in Pittsburgh, one, Matt Murray wouldn't have happened. And two, there's no way they would have let Flurry go in that expansion draft. There's just no way. So it's cr- it's crazy to think all of the things that happened that broke Vegas's way to make them what they are. And some of that was self-inflicted, like totally self-inflicted on like like Florida's part and Minnesota's part. Alex Tuck was was on his way, he on his way to being a good player. And like William Carlson, like William William Carlson <laughs> is exactly what Seattle's going to try and repeat, and why I'm going to pound the table in our mock draft tomorrow that we take Matthew Joseph because from Tampa Bay because I'm not taking freaking Yanni Gord. I'm not doing it. I'm I won't do it. I will veto every with every fiber of my being. I will veto that. You we are not Yanni taking Gord. Yanni Gord. You hate Yanni Gord. I don't. It's just that do. they're gonna take Maddie Beneers in the in the entry draft. They don't need a number two center. You know, right. they don't need right. one. He's twenty nine and he's signed I, for four more years. I, they I, don't need him. I don't have a problem with taking Matthew Joseph, but you've always you've always had a sticking point about Gord. Have I? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Like they just they won't need him. When you look at the bigger picture, you look at it and you're like, this year, totally. But when you're projecting long term, no way. Give me, give me, I'm taking my chance on Matthew Joseph. Definitely not and I'm, taking Ross Colton. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm not taking Ross Colton, and I'm not spending five million dollars on a guy that as 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 the comment sections mentions could be on my third, could be my three C in the blink of an eye. Like by year by year three, I'm paying five million dollars for that guy to be my third line center, and it's just like great. You've made every mistake that every GM makes, where they get a little too, little too hyped up on their own on their own brand here, and then you know they shoot themselves in the foot. Classic so, GM move. <laughs> yeah, and that's like Yanni Gord's a good player. 
Also, you know, I'm not throwing I'm not throwing a, a a lifesaver to Tampa Bay. Figure your own goddamn problems bail out. Bail out the cap there for sure. Yeah. Thanks for the really good young player and developing him, suckers. Um going through these lists last night, I think another point that we found is there are a lot of teams where you look at them and you're like, oh, you just take that dude. There were some, there definitely were some, some teams. Um, I looked at Arizona and I was like, all right, well, I'm taking Christian Fisher. Yep. The only other guy that I even thought about was Ilya Labushkin. And the only reason I would do that is if there's a side deal. Yep. You look at Columbus, you just take Max Domi, right? Like there's not a ton to think about. Um, can you put that list back up there real quick? Yeah, sure. Columbus protecting. It was, uh, this, I, this is I wanted to see. I wanted yeah, to see Eric Robinson. That's that list is half wrong. Uh, oh yeah, those are half those that are is Carolina Carolina's players. defensemen. Yeah, uh, we can we can pull it up though. Columbus is actually protecting. Uh, on it should defense, be it should Jones, be Jones, Curry, and Gavrikov. Yeah, uh, Jones solo in that. Yeah. And then forwards are Atkinson, Nyquist, Line, Jenner, Borkstrand, Roslovic, and Eric Robinson. Okay. Robinson was the one that I wanted to know because there's a lot of people around the league that really, really like Kevin or Eric Robinson. Um so I think with him protected, you just take Max Domi, you just don't yep. worry about it, dude. Slam like, dunk that one. Yeah. They Max really Domi, he's either belt. he's really either your one or two C um in year one. And then again, assuming you take Maddie Beneers second overall, just and drop him. You're going to have that opportunity unless Buffalo shocks everybody. With if you haven't seen Bob McKenzie's draft list released today, does have Owen Power at one. So and the expectation around the league is Buffalo's taking power. Yeah, and I think the expectation is also that Beneers is going to, because Beneers is a perfect culture guy for you. Yep, and. I don't think Beniers is, is going to be good enough offensively to be your, a true number one center. But I think being more of the, you know, he gets compared to O'Reilly and Bergeron a lot, but. Stylistically I, at very least. Yeah. And uh, we'll see, we'll see if he gets to that kind of offensive ceiling, but in terms of a two-way guy, a hardworking guy, a maximum effort. Um, it's a great, it's a great like tone setting pick for your franchise. For sure. It, is that you just drop him in right away? I don't. I send Beneers back. Okay. I send Beneers back to Michigan for a year. Uh, because to be honest, if I'm if if I'm Ron Francis, I don't want to be very good this year. Yeah. You, you really want uh, a number one pick next year. <laughs> I'm taking chances. I want to take chances on Matthew Joseph and Christian Fishers and and I want to take chances on younger guys. That's what I. That's what I want to do. The younger and, guys carry you. They carry you. And if they, if they, if they end up awesome, then great. As as like what happened with Vegas. If you know William Carlson scored forty goals for them, they were thrilled. If Matthew Joseph scores forty goals for you, you're super excited. And you just let that you let that be what it is. Uh, but if, if they don't, and you end up picking in the top five, 
the top of next year's draft class is super good. You end up with uh, Shane Wright or Matt Savoie, and you're feeling pretty or, okay about life. <laughs> or the greatest Finn name of all time, Brad, Brad Lambert. Lambert. <laughs> Z's favorite player. Oh, God. She loves Brad Lambert. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, look, again, this is, I do think, trying to even partially replicate what happened in Vegas is at very least extremely risky. I think, I think that this, their smart play would be don't even think about Vegas at all. And at least in terms of what they've done as a franchise success wise, don't worry about it. That's that is their That is their it. That is their thing. You'd love to replicate the success. If you could go to the Stanley cup this year, you'd love to do it. But you're going to plan for the future, and then I, I think this is because they never get this opportunity again to extract first-round picks and players and all of this, you know, to utilize. They have $81 million of cap space that they get to play with. No other team in NHL history has had $81 million in an offseason just to decide, hey, what do I want to <laughs> do with it? To, to They need to – Absolutely maximize it. Brecken's point as well. The 2023 draft has yep. some kid named Connor Bedard sitting. Around. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and uh, Matvey Michkov, who, by the way, is breaking all of Alex Ovechkin's records. Yep. So keep an eye on that. So there's there's got to be like the amateur scouting staff in Seattle's got to be like, you sure we can't just wait one year. Right. <laughs> to enter the league? Like, can we, can we get the second round, the second overall pick the next two years? Right. <laughs> yeah. But, Without having to lose the games, like, come on, NHL, do us a solid. <laughs> so um, I think, I think that that would be, if I'm Ron Francis, that's what I'm keeping my eye on. You know, I'm not necessarily tanking, but I want to prefer youth. I don't want to go big on term. I don't like Jake Voracek is a really good NHL player, but he's also a really expensive one. And he's got, I think, three years left on that deal. Yeah. And again, this is another thing from our, what we kind of taught ourselves, AJ and I going through these lists is like, if you're not mindful, I think we picked 13 players and had like nearly $50 million in cap space used. Yep. So, right now, my my unfinished draft, 14 out of 30 drafted, $50 million spent. So it, the cap floor is not going to be a problem. Put it that way. Already hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the ceiling may be more of the issue there. And, and, I have expensive As... taste, okay? <laughs> AJ just likes a good, finely aged hockey player, all right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for the super chat, Jacob. He asks, curious, does Mitch Cobb's five-year contract affect his draft stock at all, or can he just leave? Almost all of those contracts include NHL out clauses. Yep. yep. Especially for a tip, 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 top prospect like that. Correct. The the super high-end guys just won't sign if there's no out clause, basically. Um. <laughs> He's, it's, it's bait. He called him calling Tyson Berry a great player. Look, Tyson Berry 
is a one-way player. <laughs> At this point, there's no there's no getting around it. There's no denying it. But Tyson Berry hemorrhages shots and scoring chances against. So I'm probably going to take Ingram in my own mock draft. Yeah, I'm, AJ's gonna take him. I'm gonna be like, no. I'm I I just don't I, look if Grandland was under contract, I would take Grandland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not, and I just Yeah. It's yeah, like I said, it's bait. Of course that guy doesn't like Tyson Berry. I, I forget that like the majority of our chat wasn't raised in the Twitch chat. <laughs> You gotta you gotta learn how to like filter chat chat. Yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta learn how to read. You gotta learn how not like you gotta learn how to read the personalities of your chat. Yep. <laughs> uh, the guy the guy that spent all of last week calling us idiots and Neanderthals and shit because we like Sam Gerard does not like Tyson Berry. Come on. <laughs> I love I love that he's still hanging out with us though. Yeah. Power oh, yeah. to you, my man. All are welcome to watch. As long as you don't do anything actually bad in chat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're free you're, you're free to disagree with us all you all you want. It's fine. And I don't mind I don't mind being called a moron. That's totally fine. <laughs> okay. Uh so anyway, yeah, um back on topic here. The other the other uh we talked about uh Philadelphia, but Pittsburgh. Yep. Pittsburgh, a weird one. Like, was there really nobody in the league that would take Marcus Pedersen off their hands? I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely some odd choices there to one, say the least we talked about brandon tanev uh, when we when i protected him and i talked about oh i don't i don't know what to do yeah i don't i don't know what to do with brandon tanev i know they really like him but that term is really unacceptable but then they left jason zucker as well and is mm-hmm. is jason is jason zucker the is he the like the juicy name meat to dissuade them from taking Pedersen? I guess so. Like, is that the, so like everybody, everybody understands at this point, there, there are a lot of quality defensemen available. No really, really high end guys, but you could build three second pairings with the defensemen that are available in this, in this expansion draft. But with Jason Zucker, he brings an offensive element that you're going to struggle more to find. And there's only two years left on that deal. So well, I'm not I'm not taking Zach Aston Reese. I'm not taking wannabe Val Nachushkin uh, over, over any of these guys. I would take Casey DeSmith over Zach Aston Reese. It, it comes down to what Seattle wants to do, right? Zucker, the two-year deal. Certainly some potential to flip that piece down the line if you wanted to. You look at Pedersen. While also making you competitive now. Right. And a, and a solid player in the moment. The thing with Pedersen is he's 25 and he's signed for the next four years. That right. could be a stalwart for the Seattle defense just yep. for the foreseeable future if Absolutely. they wanted to go that way. So 
are they looking to acquire more assets out of out of this pick, or do they just want a solid piece that they can sit into their lineup and forget about? And the reality is, we're not going to know that game plan all the way until they go out and make the picks. And look, just just looking this up right now, um, Marcus Patterson, very very good shot suppressor. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really give you a ton on the offensive side. Gives you a little bit, but not much. But very, very good defensively. Which is why I'm not considering taking Zach Aston Reese. That's a one-way player. And Marcus Pedersen, would you would you rather have a, an elite defensive wing or a high-end shot-suppressing defenseman who's 24 years old and signed for four more years? Like, I, I the defense come on, come on, is guys. what I want. Yeah. I understand that I understand that Zach Aston Reese is an analytics darling, but this is this is this is getting a little too far. <laughs> you're you're missing the point of building a good hockey team here. I, I think people forget Zach Aston Reese is 26. Marcus Pedersen is younger than him. So yeah, well, and like Zach Aston Reese doesn't give you anything offensively. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think people have this view of of ZAR as this guy that is still going to grow into his game, and it's just not really the case. Like three NHL 17 points, 13 points, 15 points. Now two of those are abbreviated seasons, but like. He's not even 30 point pace. Yeah. Right. If you, if you could get like, they could definitely use a Zach Aston Reese type elsewhere yeah there are plenty of teams with talent not as good as Pedersen or zucker where you can get a guy like zach aston reese so yeah and like you're going to find not exactly a zach aston reese because his defense his, his own shot suppression is awesome but like that's a bottom six forward and he's a wing at that if he was an elite defensive center this would be a very very different conversation I- but I, th- this is this is easy to me. This is either Marcus Pedersen or it's Jason Zucker because you want the offense. I do want to get back to that either or conversation because there's a lot of teams in the league that I think our first time through the expansion draft, we were like, all right, here's this guy. You take him. You don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good example of that, I think, was our initial pass through of Toronto, uh, who ultimately, I think we pretty much settled on Alex Kerfoot. They protected Campbell, Brody Hole, Muzzin Riley, Marner, Matthews, Nightlander, AJ's favorite player in the world. Uh, but you go through, and it's not every day you see a team make a trade for a guy and immediately expose him. So, like, just to expose him again. Yeah. <laughs> This is, this is, they were going to lose Carfoot. Yep. I think pretty comfortably. And now they're like, well, we either lose Carfoot and replace him with McCann because I think they're going to play him at center. Sure. And then, or they lose McCann. Uh, the Seattle just takes McCann. And they have Kerfoot still. And then, they yeah. kept Kerfoot. Yeah. And given that they gave up nothing meaningful for McCann. It's a good piece of business. Yep. It's real it, smart. Well, and it and it presents that ultimatum to Seattle, right? Because it's like, look, 
You get one of these guys, but you only get one. You can't have them both. Yeah. So it, it simplifies what? the equation a little bit. Well, and McCann is McCann is cheaper than Kerfoot this year, but, but his, he's gonna get paid. Well, he's gonna get he's he's due a contract next season, and there's yep. you have to feel like if he repeats the season that he just had, he's getting more than three and a half. Yep. So, uh, you know, you factor that in, and I don't know. Pick the difference the difference bit, with yeah. Kerfoot is that Kerfoot would be a guy we've seen him be successful on the wing as well. Not um, only and, successful on the wing, he can play in your top six if you need him to. He can play on your third line if you need him to. Yeah. He, he, his entire NHL career, he's found ways to be effective. Yeah. Versatility, I think, is a huge plus to anyone for Seattle. Well, and Kerfoot at 26 and signed for two more years. He can bounce all over the place. Yep. He can kind of just fill in whatever they need at the time. Yep. And I, I like that. I like that versatility that you mentioned, and I just think – did, either one of those is totally fine. Yeah, but they, it was smart by Toronto to put them in that position because Seattle before that deal, you can imagine Seattle was like, "Well, we'll just take McCann from Pittsburgh, <laughs> Easy and enough. then and then we'll take Kerfoot from Toronto, and we'll get both of them." And now they have to pick either or. Yep. And good for Toronto, bad for Seattle. Um, for me, I probably would take Kerfoot. I don't really. I'm a little iffy on the year that McCann had, but he's a good player, even though I don't think the goal scoring happens again at the same the same rate. So Yeah. I I agree. I I I would take Kerfoot personally. Same story though. If they took McCann, I wouldn't have a problem with it on their yeah. end. But... It feels like it feels like they're just gonna pick the guy that they like the most there. Yep. Definitely. Um should we wrap up expansion draft stuff? I don't any news on the abs that you have. I um I mean a little little tidbit from today is that from what I've heard early on is that they like Comfer the most, but with several days to go. Um, that will change based on it, other conversations, no doubt. Yeah, and how deals will change and what and the big the big thing that Comfer brings that Donskoy doesn't in theory anyway, at least in his career here, is uh, that Comfer has that versatility, um, has played has played all left-wing, center, and right-wing through in his at different times in his career. He's played lines two through four, although he also... You remember when he, the pan, the last game of the before the pandemic shut the NHL he down? He was 1C, baby! He was 1C against the Rangers in that game, and they won that sucker! <laughs> so... On a Kerfoot goal, no less, or on a comfort goal, no comfort less. Goal, yeah. Still thinking about Alex Kerfoot. Um, How different is the world if they have to keep Kerfoot and not Comfort? Well, they'd be they'd be getting ready to lose Kerfoot in the same extended <laughs> True. <laughs> so it's not that different. I don't think. Uh, all right, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I. Also, if Seattle wanted to, they could make this all about the abs. Uh, they could go out and get a bunch of ex-abs. They could go and get Duchesne and Kerfoot. Uh, they could turn Comfer into yeah. an ex-ab. 
Blake Como's out there. Yeah, but they could get Blake Como. I guess they could get Paul Stasny if they wanted. Zadorov from Chicago. Zadorov from Chicago. <laughs> Sounds like that's their guy from Chicago. Yeah. That that's happening. <laughs> A lot what of interesting some, choices. Yeah, what are some other former abs out there? Deep cut and get Mason Gutzen. Nick Malosh. Nick Malosh out of San Jose, yeah. Or Matt Nieto. Matt Nieto yeah. could be a real Ooh, guy for real. them. That's actually an NHL yes. Nemestikov from the Red Wings. Yes. Here we go. Build an entire it's team happening. of former abs. It's happening. <laughs> like, how far could they get? Oh, man. Yeah, I can't. I, there's got to be some teams that don't have an ex-ab anyway. Chris right? Bigra from Philly. Oof. You're you're digging so deep now. Cody Gullibuff from Ottawa. Wow. They've got Cody Gullibuff and JC Bowden. Andrew Agazino from Anaheim. Oh my God, dude. We're gonna build the worst dude, team. It might actually be possible to draft this many XFs. <laughs> Derek Brassard from Arizona. I think AJ Greer in New Jersey. Oh my god. Uh Chris Wagner from Buffalo. Chris he's from Boston. Oh, that's what I meant. Boston. Sorry. Buffalo's right next to him. Yo, Still. New <laughs> Jersey. Bad. New Jersey has AJ Greer and Ben Street. Ooh, they have Ryan Graves now, too, but he's protected. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Will Butcher. Kind of an ex Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Grigorenko from Columbus. Good oh, call. Good yep, call. Yep. Disregard that KHL contract. <laughs> oh, man. This is... I'm impressed that we've come up with this many to be yeah. honest with you. Yo, Montreal has Joseph Blandisi, kind of an ex-av. Kind of counts. Kind of counts. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Ian Cole from be... Minnesota. Minnesota could get done. Running a little dry, but. there's There was nobody from Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh. Yeah. Eric Jelena from Carolina. Mark Alt from LA. <laughs> Dude, we're, <laughs> Pretty we're, built, we're building an ex abs team. This is actually <laughs> hilarious. Kevin Connaughton from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Tyson Berry from the Oilers. Man. I this is actually legitimately surprising to me <laughs> that we've gotten this far. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be like, okay, we built like a second line and that was fun. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, you mentioned Jelena. Yeah. Yep. Oh, nobody from Calgary. Yeah, there's a couple there that, that's got no ones, but still, this is this is absurd. In any case. At this um, point, we're akin to talking about sacks of meat. So head on over yeah. to Hassle Cattle Company and get yourself some tasty meat. Or come down to the DNVR bar to try their Wagyu beef burgers. Absolutely delicious. All of their stuff. Highly recommend if you haven't tried one of their steaks. Go out, buy one right now. Get 10% off with code DNVR10. Hassle's awesome. Their meat is so good. I, I don't know any other way to put it. Every time I recommend it to people, people tell me that I undersell it because their meat is so tasty. So... Jump on it. Try Hassle today. Also, get yourself some Strava Craft Coffee. You can get 25% off when you use code DNBR25 with them online. And 20% off forever when you sign up for their subscription service. Right before you head down, just a couple blocks away from the DNBR bar to Solace Meds, where you can use code DNBR20 to check out online and pick up in-store. 
jump on it. Super easy, super fast. The 20% off is great. Get everything you need for CBD THC from Solace Meds. Uh, all right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Do you want to wrap up uh, expansion draft stuff, or are we ready to hit the entry draft at this point, AJ? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about entry draft. I know Anthony was in our comments earlier saying nobody cares, but we care. Yep. And I feel like come Friday, people are going to care again. Yep. When it's like nothing is going on, and you know, that my between. my thoughts on my thoughts on the Goodrow deal is. Um, if you're going to give a six year deal, if you're going to give like long term to depth players, it had better be like Cali Yarncrook's deal where it was like nothing money wise. Yeah. Because a seven year deal at $2 million is incredibly easy to live up to. Yep. Um, for a guy like Barclay Goodrow to live up to six years at 3.6 million, he's going to have to. He's going to have to be much better than he has been for most of his career. I mean, that's eerie shades of the JT Comfort deal, right? Oh, I guess shades. Yes, shades. Yeah, I also thought we were in a roster freeze where things these things couldn't happen, but <laughs> as we've as I mentioned on yesterday's show, teams are just making shit up as they go at this Yo, point. The NHL is just letting it happen. The the rules inside on the ice of an NHL hockey game are clearly made up. So you think the rules <laughs> off the ice are gonna matter? <laughs> like, yeah, there you go, <laughs> dude. This is my this is my guy. Chat, not gonna lie, I would love Ratu. But so okay, so Atu Ratu is a guy that was considered for one, one this year. Yep. Um, that was a long time ago now, but yeah, it look, I think there's a lot of talent there. I really like what he brings. I, it's pretty clear that his game was not really prepared to play against men super effectively this year, <laughs> which I think is fine. As I, we've talked about this draft before, I think, especially with the Avs picking as late as they do, there's an expectation that it's going to take a couple of years for these guys to really have any impact. Yeah. They can afford to to take a shot on someone with talent like Ratu, who has shown against his, his age peer group that he can be dominant. Oh, he's kicked the shit out of his peer group. Yeah. But when he was playing in the pro league this season, sure. badly, badly struggled. Yep. Now, I think that I think somebody is going to take a chance before Colorado's pick. I think they probably will too. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're living in I was going to say Washington, but they traded their first to Detroit. But if you're Detroit and you have another if you have a second first round pick, you can easily afford that chance, right? You can easily afford to just be like, well, this doesn't kill us if if it does not hit go our way. This isn't like the guy we're building our draft class around. So and I always I always target teams that have multiple firsts for stuff like that. For taking chances like that. For what it's worth, Bob's list, which came out today, officially has Ratu as the twenty eighth ranked player. Which is right in the abs range. Yeah. But. Right 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 behind Stank Oven. Yep. The stanky oven. 
Yeah. Someone we talked about potentially for the Evs with uh, Will Scouch on last Monday. Yep. So definitely one there. Your your boy Sam Escavich listed at thirty three by Bob. My guy, my guy is really Zach Larue. Yeah, that's the guy that I love the most for Colorado's pick. Who's also right in that range at twenty five, according to Bob. Um, but to answer Edwin's question here, if if Atu Ratu falls to twenty seven, yes, unless unless catastrophe has struck, and Sebastian Kosa is still on the board, Atu Ratu is exactly the kind of guy that they should be taking. Uh, yep, uh, this is. For the record, people hoping Casa could fall to the later first. Bob has him lifted smack dab in the middle at 15. So, sure seems like the two goalies in this draft are going to be gone by the time the abs pick. And once again, like this idea that Colorado could fill their uh, their their biggest like organizational hole, uh, which is a really high end goaltender prospect. You know, it's not a shot at Eustace Ananen, who I think is a good goaltender prospect, but high-end goaltender prospect. Yeah, I mean... They they barely miss on Spencer Knight a couple years ago. He goes four picks before the abs. Yep. They tried to trade up last year to 10 with Winnipeg uh, for, what was his face, Askarov, and... Couldn't do it, Yeah. You know, Winnipeg was like, we're not dropping back to 25. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just too much of a, especially when Cole Perfetti got there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, the, look, the Avs have drafted in their history. They have drafted a goaltender in the first round once, and he became a long-term NHL starter. It just wasn't in Colorado. So it worked out the one time they did it. <laughs> They got they 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 got it. It's been a minute, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Annan is probably the most exciting goaltender prospect since Pickard and Idacolio were drafted together. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because those were that was Pickard was the number one rated NA goaltender by Central Scouting that year, even though Jack Campbell went eleventh. There was some hype on Spencer Martin, I guess, but <laughs> there. <laughs> That's true. There, well, he won OHL goaltender of the year and then destroyed his knee. Yep. And then he had a good first year in the AHL. And then just and cratered, kind of floundered from yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so Hampus was able to draft X Avs in all but eight teams. Twenty. That's a roster. That's a roster. roster. Yeah. You're you're running uh two scratches and everything, baby. <laughs> Yeah, somebody needs to run that through the uh, through the JFresh War roster builder and see, see just how bad it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what you're trying to say, Carrie, but thank yeah. you for the super chat. Makar doesn't want to what? You forgot a word or a <laughs> couple words. Um. <laughs> Not not even reaching the. I like that. Love to see it. The the X abs the X abs one does not. uh, Yeah. Fulfill some requirements there, but that's okay. (laughs) In any case, uh, 
I don't know if Carrie's going to get back to us on that super chat. Or yeah, not, but... not not trying to make you feel bad. It just I just heard that Macar doesn't want to. Is that true? So going off topic, boys. I would love to answer the question, but I don't, <laughs> don't know. know what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what Macar doesn't want to do, so I can't tell you. <laughs> um, Jacob's question that, uh, earlier: Any interest in trading up for Kosa? Yes, obviously. If they could make that happen, that'd be great. But, it all depends on cost, right? Yeah, and well, and it depends. You need a team that's willing to drop down to twenty-seven. Yeah, twenty-seven is pretty far down, so that's going to be really difficult to do. I and mean, you look at the draft every year; most of the moves up take place post first round, and any of the moves up that happen in the first round are small. Like Dallas moved up to get Ottinger a couple of years ago, and I think they it was like two spots. You know, the last, uh, the last true, you know, we saw the Rangers jump up last year to take Braden Schneider and they jumped up, I think two or three spots for that one. Arizona jumped up three spots to take Victor Soderstrom a few years ago. So there's just not moving up more than like four or five gets really difficult. Well, and, and dropping from the dropping from, you know, a team that misses the postseason, you're sitting on the 12th pick, the 13th pick you're going to drop all the way down to 27, especially in a draft class where the first round grades run out at like 14. Yep. It's a really tough sell unless you're giving up something big. Uh, This isn't super related, but this is one of my favorite memes of all time. (laughs) (laughs) The video is just so, so painful to sit through. It does hurt a little bit, but you can put that, <clears throat> over any video in the world, just mid sentence, and it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. um, I would, in, if a, if a team would take it, I would absolutely trade all the picks this season. Twenty, you you, you trade them their first, that super late second rounder, your third rounder, and your seventh rounder to move up and take Sebastian Cosa. I don't, I would do that, and of just course. Wash your hands of this draft. <laughs> yeah, and be like, all right, our one pick on hockey DB forever is Sebastian Cosa. Mm-hmm. As you uh, as you kind of alluded to here, the Ryan Graves trade has a, had us scrambling a little bit because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the second round of this draft now matters to Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is we're going to spend all week trying to catch up on six months that we've ignored this. <laughs> and then they're going to, on Wednesday, they're going to trade their first and second yeah. to Seattle for to them to take Eric Johnson. Yeah. And we're going to be like, well... <laughs> Throw out the entry draft coverage. Yeah. I guess on Friday we just hang out and play bingo. Yep. <laughs> so that's fun. Yep. Uh, also, I saw earlier people questioning my report of Landy turning down a 7x7. Seven seven. Look, uh, I've got information that, that his camp said no. I stand by that information. If you don't believe me or you want to doubt that, you're entirely you're you're entirely within your rights to do so, and I won't lose any sleep over it whatsoever. All right. If you if you do want to believe me, I also won't lose sleep over that. <laughs> AJ sleeping. That's way. fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> either way, I'm sleeping. <laughs> uh we will, Brecton, we will be live at the bar on Wednesday. Um I plan on getting there a little bit early just because I haven't been to the bar in a while. So yeah, we'll be hanging out before probably maybe after too, depending, but 
Will I gain sleep over it? That's a tough question. Maybe. How do you gain sleep? Um, <laughs> sleep aids. True. Um, Rudo, do you have a favorite player in this draft class? Like, even even of the high guys, is there like a guy that you're like, I just love this dude? Uh, I. For the record, I don't think he should be in the first overall conversation, but I really like William Eklund. Why don't you? I think he should be in the first overall conversation. I I don't think he can get taken over Beneers. But I would say that's probably I fair. do think his ceiling is higher. I would say more dynamic i mean it's the eternal draft conversation right like like you've said with Beneers, might be tough to see him as a 1c yeah but you're very confident you're gonna get a quality nhl player out of that guy uh yeah <laughs> yeah eklund i think there's a little bit more volatility there but there is that shot that he becomes something special is, the, is he the is he the best chance to get a franchise player out of this draft? I think so. Interesting, because I think there are a couple of guys that could do it. I uh, I do for the defense. I do really like uh, the youngest Hughes brother as well. But... He's my favorite of them. Yeah, I don't like Owen Power that much, and I felt that way before I watched uh, Will Scouch's video in which he dunks on it. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty scathing. Yikes. Well, the last time he did that, it was uh, Justin Barron. So, still a long way to go there. True. True enough. Uh, question for I know you're not a. Uh, I know you. I know you're not a. Uh, just for the record, since Rodney brought this up, I don't think Landy is going to the Blues. Regardless of how this plays out, I think he goes to the Islanders. And that's not a biased opinion talking. It would be extremely conflicting for me, though. That would be a tough day. Uh, be a little bit weird that they'd end up with Anders Lee and Landis God, too. Then. <laughs> I don't want to continue to get into okay, this. Okay. Yeah. Um what do you what do you think about the idea of Seattle taking Wallstead second? Oh man. It would be super duper interesting, but I even a even a goalie of Wallstead's caliber, I just don't know how you can bet your second overall pick in the first year of your existence on a goaltender man <laughs> it just feels like if if there was ever a draft class to do it one that's kind of and eh, like this is the one to try and give it a whirl because it's not like wallstead and kosa are up there because the draft class isn't very good they're up there because they're both super legit goaltending yeah, prospects for sure and what Wallstead has done has been unprecedented in, in, in SHL history for a player his age. It's incredibly difficult for a teenage goaltender to get an SHL job, let alone a starter job, and then put up really good numbers. It's incredibly rare for that to happen. So 
I, I don't know. I just think that I'm not advocating for this. And I think that our mock draft, when we do our mock draft on Thursday for the entry draft, we're going to take a different approach to it. It's not, it's not going to be who do we think they, they'll take. It would be who should they take. Right. Because um, we usually try and like, who will they take, you know? Well, and uh, this year I don't want to do that because this draft class is so jacked up that I don't even want to. The, yeah. They're going to have their list and, and they'll take whoever they want. But, yeah. Uh, look, from a entertainment standpoint, I would love it. It would be the pop off on our stream watching the draft if Wallstead goes to would be amazing. And then the realization that Maddie Beniers is coming to the West yep. and going to be in Anaheim. I don't want to mess with that. that yeah, for real, man. <laughs> Bob Murray's like, yes, yes. <laughs> I knew the universe would do me a solid. <laughs> I knew my stupid and stubborn refusal to rebuild would pay off. <laughs> yeah. Where I mean, if you're if you're Seattle, is there any temptation as at a one of the defensemen either? Even even if Owen Power goes first, uh, I don't think so, man. I think really I think even Hughes. It, 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 like if it were me, there'd definitely be interest in Hughes, but. Every time I go back to these expansion draft lists and Seattle can put together a solid defense for the foreseeable future if they want to. Sure, but the big thing that they don't have is a guy with that big. They don't have like a true number one, sure. Um, That's fair, but I I think Beniers is just too perfect for them as a bit if he's there. Like, (laughs) Okay. How about this? Beneers goes one. He's not available. That's where it gets interesting. Now I, what do you do? I, You're I, Ron Francis. What do you do? I don't think... I mean, I take William Eklund, but... <laughs> okay. I think that would be totally justifiable. But I I think I'm with you in that I'd probably take Hughes over power. The big 4D here. Power... Um, Hughes, Brant Clark, and Simon Edmondson. Four super different players. Yeah, you're the, you're <laughs> like a little bit of apples and oranges in some cases. How do you? <laughs> how do? You, how do you personally? How do you rank these cats? Hughes, I think probably power two, and then Edmondson and uh, and Clark four. Really? Yep. Okay. I think I would probably go uh, Hughes, Clark, Power, Edvinson. All right. So I, we I, disagree on Clark a little bit. I don't like... I think what Clark does translates really, really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like Edvinson much at all. All right. I worry... You know who, you know who Edmondson reminds me of? Adam Larson. Hmm. And I sure like Adam Larson's like a good pro, like a good it, solid NHL defenseman you, with the second overall pick, right? But <laughs> like you look at him next to some of like this forward talent. Uh, obviously, Beniers and Eklund were both in agreement; those guys are studs. Yep. Um, 
you and I don't like Genther quite as much as the the industry does. I don't love Mason McTavish. I'm super intrigued by Ken Johnson, who's kind of got the Trevor Zegras, tons of flash, tons of high end ability. Will any of it translate at all? Yeah, you're just hoping a prayer a little bit there, but <laughs> I mean, you're taking you're taking a swing on a guy that it's like his puck skill and the things that he's a wizard, right? Yep. The things that he can do, any idiot can look at and be like, "Holy crap, that guy!" Fun. But can he play in the NHL? Yeah, can that it gets to NHL speed and he doesn't have the room that he has now? And it's right. Like, does that still work, or is all of a sudden he's yep. just turning pucks over? Yeah. And and Zegras, we saw like there were there were some flashes in the NHL last year. There was a total lack of trust by Dallas Eakins late in games, and it's going to be, it's still a work in progress for Zegras. So there's a lot of weird things that happened to Trevor Zegras this year also though, but you know, sure. Like he had a, he had kind of a strange year, a, yep. a, a press release in the second half of the season saying, we're going to demote Trevor Zegras to the AHL so he can work on playing center. Yeah. Being a center. <laughs> what? Um, also, I didn't I didn't mention him with the top D, but I really like Carson Lambos. I I do. He's fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I the I really like the 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 mobility and the size yeah. combination. The injuries, a complication this year, kind of made it a tough evaluation. I mean, just for with his skating ability, he'd show up at training camp, and everyone would just go, "Yep." He'll fit right like, in. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I know the abs really like. I think he's, um, you know, we said we said this last year with Justin Barron, though. But I think he's probably just a little bit too solidified ahead of where the abs pick. Yeah. So, are there are there any like landmines for you here in this first round? Since this is probably the last time we get to talk about this draft class before the mock draft and before. Draft day itself. Um, I I wouldn't say landmine, but as someone who usually very much likes shooters and goal scorers, I have not liked Dylan Gunther much at all. Interesting. Usually, like, that's my, my catnip, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's guys with finishing ability, but I I struggle with the effort level. I struggle with the consistency of his game. Uh, hmm. and, and, like, look, we're talking about a guy who's a surefire lock to go in the first round. Again, I'm not talking about a complete... <laughs> surefire old, lock to go in the top, top tags. tags. Right, like... like yeah. I'm not talking about a landmine here, but there are a lot more than six dudes I'd take in front of them if it were me. I'll put it that way. It's interesting. I kind of feel that way about Matt Coronado. Yeah. There are so many things that I like about his game, and in a normal year, he would be a guy that I would be like, why is he not in the top? (laughs) Five. Did you see his season? Like he, he decimated the USHL record for uh, like a draft eligible goal scoring. Like he's insane, right? 
but there's just something about his game that I'm just, I feel like I'm missing. Well, it's such a, the entire landscape of the USHL this year is so weird, right? Yeah. The, the, across the league, the talent is up. You have the emergence of the Chicago steel as a A, true, like a factory. Yeah. Producing kids. You have the USN TDP, which is still fantastic program. Mm -hmm. over there. I mean, the the development program this year, I mean, Luke Hughes, Chaz Lucius, those are first round guys. And then um, the uh, Sasha Basajov, um, Sean Barons, Roman Schmidt, like there are lots of, lots of guys that they're like lots of guys in the top two rounds here. For a league that still a little bit, I think less so this year because they were playing and people could get to them, but still a little bit of an underscouted league in comparison. Um, but I really, yeah. Oh gosh, Dylan Duke and Tyler Boucher forgot all about those guys. The list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just struggle what to take with it. We talked about Chicago with uh, with Will last Monday a little bit as well. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Coronado scored forty eight goals, but that team also averaged like six goals a game. So yeah, well, and like like Owen Power was on that team like last year and was like, yeah, one of the guys. You know, like he obviously stood out, but did not nominate. <laughs> Plenty of talent to go around for sure. Um, yeah, it, it's look, amateur scouting is an impossible task in a normal year. Yeah. This year, it's just, it feels like you're even more of a shot in the dark than it normally does because you're projecting teenagers from the start and now you're trying to project teenagers from limited appearances, questionable situations on teams they don't normally play for against teams that you, it's hard to assess the, the caliber of competition on any given night. It, it's just unbelievably difficult to, to get good reads on, especially if we dive into second round type of players. Yeah. You're just, I mean, you're picking dudes that you like and hoping for the best, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, and I know there were a lot of people. Um, there are a lot of people that have been very like, this is the year to get a sleeper because that guy never would have fallen had they played. But it's also like, this is the year that all these kids lost a bunch of development time that they'll never get back. Yep. P.S. Also true of next year. Like yep. the the ripple effect of this could be a couple of years of this because the those guys didn't get a chance to play in their draft seasons. You know, the OHL had to hold their own. OHL players had to like organize their own thing yep. to to get in front of scouts. So it's just a mess. But it's it's I think I think um 
David, to answer your question, the hype around power isn't so much the lackluster class as it is him being a six foot six defenseman that skates really well and was on a very good college team. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's very Eric Johnson esque. I was gonna say has a very Eric Johnson esque kind of profile too, where just some of the guys that are going to get drafted, like Matty Beniers, who could easily be a John, and you could look at it and be like, oh, well, Jonathan Tapes, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, yeah. With today's technology, though, does the next Patrick Stefan essentially become impossible to happen? Because we have too many tools to analyze and project. No. Yakupov got drafted, what, eight years ago? I mean, Nico Heischer and... Nolan Patrick went one, two, and the next three players taken were Miro Haskinen, Kale McCarr, and Elias Pettersson, all three of the best players on their NHL teams right now. Yep. Never never doubt the possibility to uh, land on a grenade in the NHL draft. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, and it's not to, like, Nico Heischer's been a fine NHL player, but if New Jersey could redo that one, uh, they're not taking his share, I'll tell you that, yeah. I mean, Philadelphia just stole Ryan Ellis. Yeah, what a what a universe that trade is. But don't you think that, and, and the funny thing is, is that on draft day, the big rumor on the draft floor was Philly wanted to take Kale McCarr. Yeah. And didn't have the stones to do it. What world do we live in? I mean, what happens if that, if they pull that trigger, if Kale McCarr ends up in Philadelphia on draft day? Was does Nolan Patrick go to Dallas or does he go to Colorado? Yeah. Was was Dallas locked into Haskinen at three, no matter what? Or does right, they, like they go Nolan, yeah. What what would have I the night before the seventeen draft? I my last like podcast mock that we did, I put McCarr too to Philly because there had been so much buzz in Chicago amongst the NHL people that that was the pick. I'm actually a little sad Katie heard that. That probably <laughs> doesn't feel good for a Flyers fan. <laughs> well, you know. It's almost like it's almost like the universe like smited the teams that jumped way up ahead of Colorado. Yeah. A little like, bit cuz you look at or something. Well, yeah. you look at 2019, it's kind of the same thing. Like like Jack Hughes is in like Capo Caco has been a kind of an abject disaster for the that Rangers. Not been good for them at all. Jack Hughes looks legit, but he had a really good second year. So that, that looks a lot more encouraging, but like Bowen Byram looks like a freaking star in the making. Yep. Kirby doc also did, but the injury really stopped both yeah, of those players. He's hurt for sure. So, uh, gut yeah, feeling. I mean, look, looking back in 2016, buddy, they should have taken Charlie McAvoy or Jacob Chikrin over Tyson Jost. There, you won't get an argument out of us. I, it, look, unless you drafted the guy, there's a dozen teams every year that say, dang, look at this dude that got drafted 10 picks later. Yeah. But, um, gut feeling on what happens with Landy and if he goes, who gets the C? Uh, gut feeling is that Landy keeps the C. I'm less optimistic, but I I will throw out if <laughs> Chicago had taken Byram, they the Avs were going to take Kirby Doc. Kirby the Avs were 
hard up for Kirby Doc. Yeah, it, that that one's pretty obvious. I would say, assuming health, EJ would probably get the C if Landy is gone, just based on tenure. But he would also have to be ready to play hockey. So we'll see. In any case, <laughs> bleakly over Pasternak and everybody's favorite. You guys have to remember, though, the Avs weren't drafting from Europe that year. They wouldn't have taken Pasternak anyway. Yep. If you take all context out, it gets way easier to draft. Yeah. If you know, if you already, if you get to look at and see who was, who's good then. Yep. Then the draft is super easy. Uh, I will I mean, say that's... that's the thing that makes me laugh when people are like, it's easy to get your top 10 picks right. And every year there's like five guys from the top 10 that turn into nothing. Like mediocre at best. Yeah. And it's like, is it? Just, just look at Buffalo's <laughs> history of picks. Right. Like, <laughs> like there are some teams out there. Like Arizona's been picking right in that range for a number of years. And like, they've been okay, but they haven't taken any steps forward. Yeah. Like, obviously Buffalo got Darlene right, but Dylan Cousins has just been okay so far. Uh, Casey Middlestat actually finally coming into his own a little bit, but not great for an eighth overall pick. Yeah. Arizona, three top 10 picks yeah. between, between 2015 and 2018. I mean, do you know, do you remember who they were? Uh, Krause was 11, right? Yeah. And Chickren was 16. Okay. Uh, uh, Krause was also drafted by Florida. So, Strom was Dylan Strom third one. overall. Yeah, I don't. I won't be able to guess the other two. I don't think Clayton Keller seventh overall. Keller, okay. Well, at and least my, that one's decent. My personal favorite, Barrett Hayton, fifth oh, overall. That's right, my least favorite player in the world, Barrett Hayton. <laughs> Barrett Hayton, fifth overall. Yeah, that one hurt. Ahead of ahead of Quinn Hughes. Adam Bokvist, Evan Bouchard, Noah Dobson. Yeah, but that one was a bad pick the second they made it, and everyone yeah, knew it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was. it's kind of like Montreal taking Kotkaniemi third. Everybody, like, we knew that was going to happen because they were desperate for the center. But would they prefer to have Brady Kachuk right now? Probably. Well, Buffalo has picked eighth. Four times in the last eight years. Um, let me see. I think I can name a couple of them. The last time they picked outside the top ten was 2012. Um, let's see. How many eighth? How many picks at eight? Four. So Alex Nylander in yep. 2016. Casey Middlestat yep. in 2018? 17. 17? 18 was Darlene. 18. Oh, yeah, right, of course. Uh, oh, they took Jack Quinn last year. Yep. Um, when was the other one? What year was it? 2013. Oh, 2013. That's... Um, so Dorov was 16, so it had to be Risto. Yep. And Fuck then you, yeah. you throw in they they've hit their their high. Cousins pick. was seventh. Cousins was seventh, correct. Yeah. Uh 
and all of those picks, I mean, not too early on Quinn and a little bit too early on Cousin, but the rest have been decent at best. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo obviously is like the worst case scenario. Here. For sure, for sure. But it just goes to show that a top 10 pick is far from a lock. Yeah. It's it's why, like, the conversation around top 10 picks, like, blows me away, where people are like, oh, well, those are easy to make. Like, Carolina had a string where they drafted uh, Noah Hannafin and Hayden Fleury uh, and uh, Elias Lindholm. All in the top 10. And you're like, okay, like, those are all right. Yeah, I mean, you even go back to, like, 2015. And your top 10 includes people picking Timo Meyer in front of Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Pavel Zaka, sixth overall. Yeah. And at the time, totally justifiable. Same as yeah. Dylan Strom. Right. Because, like, if you go back and you look at Dylan Strom's junior career, you're like, How's this guy not this a superstar? Insane. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You are correct, Brecton. Noah Hannafin was the top D in the 2015 draft. Yep. Everyone thought he was going to be a stud. And then yeah. and I, goes eight. I remember Cole talking shit to me because I loved Mitch Marner. <laughs> loved Mitch Marner. Yep. Of course, he loved Rantanen, so. And I didn't. That's how it goes, though. Yeah. I love Thomas Shabbat, and I was okay on Zaboral. Boy, 2016 had Yo Levy at five. Well, 2016, like, you look at that class, it's just not a very good class. Yeah, it's true. Nylander at eight. Yeah. And you remember 2016 had the drama because the two Finns had been so amazing that year. Yep. And they took Dubois over Puglia Yarvi. And then, like... You have the eternal Tyson Jost conversation, but but Strom was on the same team as McDavid. But then he also scored like 120 points the year after McDavid left. So, yep. <laughs> but I think this is interesting because it's Colorado podcast here. We have the Tyson Jost conversation. The players picked immediately after him: Logan Brown, Michael McLeod, mm-hmm. and then there's there's some hope for Jake Bean. But well, and then. Charlie McAvoy. And then McAvoy, the big one. And then Chikrin, two picks later. Yeah. I don't remember who was 15. Uh, 15 was Coonan. <laughs> I really liked him, too. <laughs> and then, yeah, once you get past 15, well, 16, I guess, with Chikrin, it, it really falls off. But Yeah. It, and in any anyway. case, a first-round pick is is far from a slam dunk. Yeah, Sergachev went ninth. Yep. The yeah, Avs liked him a lot, Sergachev. The the branching different universes of the drafter. I I was very comfortable that they weren't going to take Logan Brown, even though he was big, because he was so soft. He was such a perimeter player, and there's no way Patrick Wall was taking a soft six foot four guy. Who who is the best defenseman from the 2016 draft? Chikrin. You think Chikrin? Uh, that's it, hasn't that turned out to be kind of like a nuts defenseman draft? That's 
Because I think Fox was taken that year. Gerard was taken that year. Yep. Uh, that, that's why I'm asking, is you have guys like Fox and Gerard. Like, Chikrin and McAvoy yeah. were taken that year. Yep. A lot of a lot of good choices. And then you have Washington taking Lucas Johansson at the end of the first round. but Who still hasn't – I don't believe he has an NHL game. Nope. And then he's, he was just exposed, too. And nobody noticed. way the the way the draft crumbles sometimes <laughs> all right in any yeah. case anyway we kind of went down a yeah. wormhole there um i'm not sure why but you know when hockey dorks just have nothing else Dude, to talk about all day yeah it's that time of year where there's a bunch of stuff happening and we just want to sit around and talk hockey so. yeah <laughs> he usa is number one in right saying that jacob chikrin was a the top defenseman in that draft class in 2016 and he was a top five prospect all year long and then the draft rolled around and he just kept falling and it was very cam fowler-esque and it made no sense when it was happening well and and then his his career path was the first handful of years in the nhl there he had injury issues yeah he couldn't play more than 50 games yeah he kept getting hurt and he was just like okay and then this last year he kicked ass yep all right just uh, before we wrap up the show, here is Gregor's official X Avalanche list of players in the expansion draft. Uh, you have Duchesne, Kerfoot, Comfer, and Nemesnikov as your centers. I guess. Holy I guess. Chris shit, Wagner, that defense. Yeah, the defense of Kanatin, Jelena, Bigra, Alt, Barry, Golubov, and Zadorov. Uh, Nikita Zadorov is their best defense. I guess Barry, but defensively Zadorov is their best defenseman. That's pretty yikes. And that defense has like two NHL players. <laughs> it's Zadorov and Barry. That's their top pairing. Yep. And then their second pairing is like I don't even know. Yeah. You could you could replace Agazino with Shattenkirk. And that, that would be okay. That would be a little better, yeah, for a defense. You still haven't defended anybody though, because you've got you've got two offensive defenders in Shattenkirk and Barry. Yeah. And then you have Mr. Olay himself, Nikita Zadorov. All this who, uh... despite being big and and hitting people when he can catch them, has has yet to stop anybody in front of the net. All this backed up by either 40-year-old Craig Anderson or Andrew Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> With Spencer Martin chilling, I guess. <laughs> there when neither of those other two goalies decide to sign for this hockey team. Yeah. I guess I guess if you really wanted to, you could drop Alex Kerfoot and take Mike Hutchinson instead. <laughs> if you were worried more about the goaltender than being able to score. <laughs> Oh, this team is so bad. <laughs> I don't, yeah, so it's not quite, but I think Matt Duchesne's contract is like 40% of this team's cap hit. It's not quite half, but it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> the you can't you can't see it because it doesn't it's not Yeah, it's, it's not an actual team, but Yeah. In any case, that's funny. All this right, is, this is 
This is the team that, that he came up with, huh? Yeah. I'm glad we could share that adventure together. It's a starting lineup with one extra defenseman. You'd have to UFA deals for all those guys, but. Whew. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts on uh, on the entry draft, AJ, before we get out of here? Um, I don't like this class. I just, there are so many players I just don't like. We're talking about some kid from Belarus being like the super dark horse of this draft class. Yep. Which I think is super fun. But, you know. Well. Anderson didn't leave. He was traded. We will will be live for round one of the NHL draft where we will do a live watch along. We'll have highlights of at least the players that are expected to go in the first round anyway. Uh, So be sure to tune into that. Come have fun with us. Watch it along. Maybe not quite as exciting as, as previous year's drafts for the abs, but still should be a fun time. We'll be live at the bar. Uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here for the day. This show's already gone way too long. So thank you, everybody, for watching. If we can't have long shows during uh, the season in which the most shit is happening. You you say that, point? but like in the next week and a half, we're about to do three watch-alongs that are going to be like, three hours plus watch alongs aren't pods though that's come hang out while we bullshit while things happen that's definitely fair in any case chat we'll be back tomorrow 1 p.m our mock draft we will not be taking x abs yeah mock expansion draft i don't know if we'll take I, i maybe kerfoot maybe one or two x abs but not too many uh in any case yeah maybe We'll talk to you later. Hope y'all have a great rest of y'all's Monday night. I guess it's almost evening, but it's afternoon. See you later. 